Yo, this is Pete. Just wanted to let you know, we love you for listening. Y'all heard? Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Heard, a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, come to you. not related. Uh, we come to you on a weekly basis, and we browse through your brain and try to fill in the gaps. Browse through whose brain? The listener. Yeah, we do it for okay. everybody. Okay. And we try to fill in the That's gaps. That's right. We see that porn you've been looking at. Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> and then we try to fill the gaps in your knowledge with things that we learned recently. In other words, we tell you <laughs> things you didn't know you needed to know. So, see, how was your week? Week's all right. I mean, wow! No. Look at that. Our our listeners will know that that is not the norm. Getting through it. <laughs> yeah. My highlight of the week was being off a bit, chilling out in New Jersey with the family. My uncle visited, <laughs> and he brought uh, homemade Irish cream, which I enjoyed discreetly in coffee. And I say Ooh. discreetly because I drink coffee in the morning, and I don't think my mom would appreciate me drinking so early in the morning. <laughs> I agree. Probably not. But I like it. I like it. Well, what else are we supposed to do with the stuff? Just drink it right out of the bottle like my brother-in-law? Yes. That's another option. Anything. So that was how your week was? Yeah, for the most part. Um, how about you, Marissa? Two things. One, one's a not happy thing. One's a happy thing. My not happy thing is, I think I said if it took a dark turn, I would just say what happened. Guys, my boyfriend from the beginning of the podcast ghosted me and has a girlfriend. Was this going to be the icebreaker? No. It would have been no. fun if it was. So, Pete, so what would you do knows, if... <laughs> don't delete this. Daniel Sue in Philadelphia. That's H-S-U. Yeah, Daniel Ting Hao Sue of Drexel University. You tell him, I don't know, tell him something creative for me. Anyway, you tell him, you tell him uh, he's a puss pants scumbag. <laughs> yeah. You tell uh, him, you more, break up with somebody what? like a man, you bitch. Exactly. <laughs> also, there was a very ornate narrative to ghost me, which I'm not sure if it's true or not. But in the event that it's true, I won't say that because it was dark in a different way. But, uh, yeah, so that was fun. That took me about three months Imagine. Imagine being dumped, and in being dumped, you are even more concerned for the person who's dumping you than, or I'll, I'll say as concerned as when you were in the relationship for the per- with the person, and then you never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah, they told me something very concerning that I was afraid for their well-being, and then I thought maybe they weren't alive. Pretend, and then I was pretend like, oh, it's wow. to the caliber of... Oh, yes, honey. I'm just driving home now. I'll talk to you when I get there. And then you never hear from them again. It's oh, yeah, kind of similar to that. <laughs> in two weeks. Uh, and then I found that they're still, like, down the street. So I know that's not a happy thing. But, guys, you're you're my crew. I told you I'd tell you the truth. So that's what happened. That's why I was weird for a little while. But I'm over it. Um, not a happy thing, but, like, a neutral thing. Um... Tori Amos. There's a song I've loved from Tori Amos since I was in high school. And the lyrics are so mysterious. And I never knew what they meant. But to me, 
And I'm not reading you the lyrics, because if you're like, duh, how did you get that? I'm not going to let you do that. Uh, it was a song about... It was like a fantasy song. So either it was about like an evil like witch lady who like lured young innocent girls to her house and like killed them and like ate them and murdered them. And um, it was weird and magical and I really liked the song. Uh, but many, like 20 years later, I was like, let me Google what that song's about. Never. It's about a man seducing a woman, and it might be about Anthony Kiedis <laughs> from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's the witch so in I'm the really forest. Sad that it's not about a witch eating young women. Yeah. If you have a song that you misinterpreted, call us at five seven zero podwad one. Yes, you can also text us at that number, but don't text us media messages because we can't get those. Only only words. So if you're if you're a timid a timid little woodland creature and you don't feel comfortable calling and leaving your voice, you can always shoot us a little bit of a text message. Yeah. Icebreaker. For some reason, this occurred to me while I was driving one day, and I'm gonna put the question to you. This is more of a would you rather type situation, Marissa. Mm -hmm. You know how when like pretend for this example, because I know you have to, that. You're married and you have a kid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, you know how when a couple has a kid, like the dad in this situation, in this heteronormative situation that I'm going to outline, <laughs> would say, oh, look at mommy eating her vegetables. Isn't she going to grow up big and strong? Isn't mommy so good? So, like, your spouse is calling you mommy, and that might feel a little strange because <laughs> you're not their mommy, but you're in front of the yeah. kids, so you're like, okay, I get it, whatever. Because yeah. when the dad calls you mommy, it's teaching the kid to also call you mommy, right? Yeah, yeah. So my question for you would be, would you rather have your spouse call you mommy and never call you Marissa around your kids? Yeah. Or honey or anything else. You're always mommy. Or would you rather have your but kid... But am I mommy in private? No. Okay. Only around the kid. But forever around the kid, even into the kid's adulthood. Okay. <laughs> or would you rather yeah. have your kid never call you mommy and always call you Marissa? Because your spouse never starts this mommy uh, business. So they're saying to my child, look at Marissa eating her vegetables, so then my child starts calling me by my first name? Yes, yes. Maybe I'll take mommy because like, if it's making me really uncomfortable, I can pretend it's like the Hispanic... Mommy, which is like the opposite of Bobby. Like, I mommy. Yeah. I Bobby. So That's mommy. Just as gross to me. <laughs> no, I'll take it. How about you? Would you I'm rather be with, mommy? I'm going Peter? with first name. Really? You want your child to be like, hello, Peter? Yes. Also, there's something about Pete's name that it's really hard to not say his last name. So you want your own child to call you Pete Phillips? <laughs> yep. Pete okay, Phillips. Cool. I can never say Pete without saying his last name. <laughs> You know you have the same last name as me. I don't say my own last name, but yeah. Okay, this is fun. This is a fun hypothetical. Yeah. You're pretty short and direct, too. Go. So, Marissa. Oh. Uh, remember how you did that episode about Thanksgiving foods? Yep. It was a good one, thanks. Is it sarcasm? No. Okay. But since Thanksgiving is long gone now... Some of you out there might be thinking about what you can prepare for your family on Christmas. Marissa, what do you guys eat on Christmas? First of all, I don't make anything. 
that someone created to protest this episode of Top Chef. And it's active today, too. And again, that was an episode from 2011. And people are still sort of working on this but idea. But that's stupid. If you're going to protest that, then protest anything with meat. Right. You can be selected on what is cruel. And yet we all are. <laughs> to some... This seems like starting a page protesting gluten because, right, just you can't eat it. So, but, but Marissa doesn't yeah. go and open up a Facebook page to protest gluten because she turned on Cake Boss and saw this cake on TV. As far as you know. That's Marissa's dark web secret. <laughs> yeah. People do eat horse, though. And so some people are like, well, why would you be so vehemently opposed to this? Some people do eat horse. Why is this taboo? Well... For years, Marissa has made queasy groans at adjectives used to describe horses, like beautiful and majestic. <laughs> They're so muscular and it's like gross. And then there are some associations that we have, like wild freedom and gracefulness in horses. They're not graceful. <laughs> but but is, not. is that connection enough to make it so that an entire society will not have horse meat commercially available in the un United States of America. To me, it can't be. Because people kill and eat rabbits, and granted, they aren't necessarily commercially available. But, like, you hear about people going out to go hunting, killing, shooting squirrels, eating them, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't hear about people killing horses and eating them. But, like, again, people kill and eat rabbits, and we have an entire holiday where the rabbit is, like, the primary character. I'll say primary character, but also recognize that I do realize that Easter is supposed to be about Jesus. <laughs> squirrels, too. I realize squirrels can be annoying rodents, but, like, they can also be curious little rascals. But people shoot them and eat them as well. So what's going on here? Yeah. Let's start. I think we should stuff... shoot four horses. <laughs> start you're going to be and happy when more. I tell you exactly what happens to horse meat in America. Okay. All this crap tends to come from the same place, everybody. It comes from the church. Oh, oh. Right? Why? Do they have cloven hooves? There's a letter from the 8th century in which Pope Gregory III tells a German bishop that the German bishop needs to eliminate the whole entire practice of eating horse meat because that's what pagans do, and we ain't no damn pagans. Okay. So a Slate article hints that the possible real motivation behind this was abstaining from eating horses, I guess, <laughs> because pagans do it, but because we need the horses for battle and warfare, and so we can't be eating them. We have to actually use them for you know other purposes. Okay. But at the same time, the Irish were developing a set of, uh, of, of core laws for themselves as well, and they banned the practice, which meant that many of their people ended up living on bread and water for an extended period of time, That's when stupid. horse meat could have provided them better calories and better protein uh, for them to eat. But like after this sort of period of time in the 8th century, it just sort of stuck for a while. Later on, though, times grew tighter over the course of hundreds of years, and the culture turned back to hypophagy whew, uh, in Europe. Americans scoffed, right? Because we're like, ugh, look at these undignified people eating horses. It's crazy. But it had grown enough in Europe that even though America didn't want to eat horses, they did decide to do what you do in America and make money off of exporting dead horses from oh, America. Okay. So we would participate in the process of slaughtering and making horse meat, but we would sell it outside of the country because nobody in America wanted to eat horses. I like it. This resulted in horse slaughterhouses that exported the product to Mexico or Canada, 
where it was a more acceptable practice to eat them. Those, of course, were the good old days of America when America was great. You know, the time that Donald Trump harkens back to. <laughs> Why would we import yeah. horse meat? That's money we could be making <laughs> instead of, yeah. uh, you know, running imports from those hippy-dippy free love countries like Sweden that prioritize health care and civil rights amongst their people. But anyway, someone per- got political. Perhaps this is why there have been new eyes on the hypophagy front. In July of 2017, the USDA's funding for inspecting horses slaughterhouses or horse slaughterhouses was restored. So, here's the situation as it pertains to the time before that. They closed horse slaughterhouses in America because commercially you can't sell meat that the USDA hasn't inspected. And in order to stop the slaughter of horses, the USDA just stopped inspecting horse slaughterhouses. They said that we don't have the money to do that anymore. And so if they don't inspect the meat, they can't sell the meat domestically. And so they export it to other countries. And the USDA, by the way, didn't check anything about these that sort of self-centered position of, well, they're just going outside of the country, so who cares if it's unhealthy or gross or whatever? We don't need to inspect these places. The last horse slaughterhouse closed in America in 2007. Oh, wow. Uh, eventually, the whole entire thing kind of fell apart. Canada became one of the largest horse meat companies out there, and instead of exporting horse meat from America into Canada, what we started to do was to export live horses into Canada and let them die there. <laughs> okay. Because we always need to make a buck. Sorry, However, guys. I don't have a problem with anything people say. Like I, I said. Just in July of 2017, the funding was restored, but there's another uh, law that the House of Representatives have to pass in order to bring up horse killing again. So it's going to be a little while before you find horse burgers, as one article said on your uh, supermarket shelves. But again, history lesson done. The Back to the question at hand, why don't we participate in eating horses? Lots of horses are raised to race. Okay. It's like, but, but it's a lot like this. It's like a little kid playing baseball. Hear me out. <laughs> a little kid, bunch of little kids are playing baseball and they all want to grow up to be baseball stars, but there's only so many baseball stars, right? Yeah. Similarly, even though horses don't dream of making it big at horse racing because they don't really have a choice. As far as we know. As far as we know. Most of them, though, don't make it big either. So you might race in one race and lose, race in another one and lose. And again, you're just you're just sort of a guy, a horse who shows up, does your racing. You're not really good at it, but maybe you love doing it for fun, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, what happens to them? Well, sometimes they get adopted in animal rescue type situations. Other times they die and you either burn the bodies and don't eat them or you bury the body in the ground and horses are pretty friggin' big. Wasn't there a thing where, like, was it a myth or a real thing that people, like, horses were used to make glue? Yeah, something related to hooves, I, the hooves, I believe. Okay, yeah. So, since many horses are raised to race, they are also pumped full of drugs like steroids, muscle relaxers, painkillers, and many other things. Things that are evidently not oh, fit okay. for human consumption. So, we don't want to eat them because yeah, yeah. of all the chemicals that are in their body. Makes sense. One of those drugs is called Butte. It has a more medical name, but I'm going to use its short name because it's easier for me to say. And, butte? uh, yes. Like, you're a butte. Uh, oh. <laughs> but it's spelled B-U-T-E. 
This was found to be carcinogenic to humans. So if you ate horses that were treated with this, you would increase your chances of getting cancer. Reason number two to not eat a horse. Okay. Uh, three, because the social stigma and animal rights concerns, uh, it is thought that if an artisanal horse butcher opened up a shop, um, few people would engage with it because... Uh, of the of that stigma and animal rights and everything like that. I and think so, someone, one of our listeners, should test that theory. And so you would not make money off of selling horse meat. It's just not cost effective for the United States because so many people seem to be against eating horses. Reason number four: we don't need to. That's a very well respected reason uh, as to why we don't eat horses. During World War II, some Americans ate horse because it was not being rationed. You might remember stories from, um, you know, war times of, of in your history classes. And basically, there was a shortage on beef in America, and we were having import-export problems. And so what happened was they rationed beef because we had such a limited supply. But they did not ration horse. They were like, yeah. hey, you want to eat horse? Go for it. Uh, you get as much horse as you wanted, but now we're not so needy, and I think even if we did end up being that needy between GMOs and soy-based proteins, we probably wouldn't end up resorting to eating horses anyway, because people would be giving you enough shit about it that, you know, yeah. you'd be like, nah. Yeah. And finally, one hypophagy enthusiast suggests the problem is we don't, like, horse doesn't have a dinner table euphemism, like eating beef or pork. You would say, honey, we're having horse for dinner. You wouldn't normally say, honey, we're having cow for dinner or honey, we're having pig for dinner. Go for it. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what this is. Torp. Torp? Okay. There you go, everybody. I was going to go horse or horp, but beef and pork don't start with the same letter. Oh, wait, pork and pig. Never mind. Oh, how about we work off of equine? No, that's hard. Okay, grabbing quine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you like a cut of quine? I made a quine loaf. I made a quine tart. (laughs) Roast quine for dinner. Um, As we all know from the years of living here on Earth and our own respective lives, we can be... Yes, as we all know from years of living. We can be socialized into certain things as individuals and also as a culture. Since in our childhoods, horses were not seen as meat or foods, whether it be uh, in children's books or movies or petting zoos or whatever, author of Why We Love Dogs Eat Pigs and Wear Cows, Melanie Joy, says, quote, We learned to classify a handful of animals as edible and were socialized basically to disconnect from our authentic thoughts and feelings. When we see a hamburger, we, we don't see a dead animal. We see a piece of food. If we see that it had been made from a golden retriever or kittens, most people would probably have a hard time seeing that as food. Supporting her theory, polls asking whether horse meat should be banned suggest that around 80% of people are against eating horse meat in America. Yeah, I believe that. Marissa, where do you fall? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I don't think we should actively go out of our way, but if it's another sort of meat, so what? I don't care about horses. I'm not just saying it'd be funny. I don't care. Also, um, you want horse meat in America? Dark web. Definitely. Yeah. Because that's the other thing to take away from this particular lesson that I've given you. That you can get anything your heart desires on the dark web. This that's the is... takeaway. This is meat that is USDA certified. 
if you know a guy down the street who's willing to kill a horse and cut it up for you, James. Boy, then... <laughs> you are. You have hit the jackpot. And I was scrolling through pictures on Instagram today, and apparently it's hunting season here in northeastern Pennsylvania, and I see pictures of dead deer, and I'm like, oh, this makes me so sad. You're like, if only there was a dead horse. <laughs> I'm preparing this at the same time, and I'm thinking, yeah, like, if this were a horse, people would be outraged. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, guys, either kill all or kill nothing. Nope, that was too much. Kill all or kill nothing. <laughs> a little too much, but you know Let's what I mean. fight for equality amongst meats that we eat. Yeah. They're cool. I don't know. I don't have any questions at this moment. But speaking but... of the legality of eating horses, Marissa, what do you want to talk about this week? <laughs> So I do social media for my job sometimes, and I need to do, like, posts about, like, hashtag holidays sometimes. So, like, happy cookie day and happy brownie day. And I was trying to make um, posts for National Pie Day. Oh, my computer froze, which has the notes for my – okay, here we go. Pie so Day, was, which would be – Not the P.I. Day, the P.I.E. Day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't care about three points. March 14th? Whatever. Yeah, no, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> I don't care about math. Yeah. Uh, Nerds. National Pie Day is sometime in December. Uh, so I Googled pie fact, and it was just like, apple pie is the best pie in America. That's not a fact. Yeah, stupid stuff. But the one fact that caught my eye was Oliver Cromwell banned the eating of pie in 1644, declaring it a pagan form of pleasure. For 16 years, pie eating and making went underground until the restoration leaders lifted the pie ban in 1660. I envision something amazing. I envision like an underground pie trade. I thought it was somehow sexual because he said it was like pagan pleasure. I thought it was like these like weird. I thought it was going to get real weird and I was excited. Like American Pie the movie. No, I don't want to. Too connect. many people are boning apple pies no, out there. No, I don't there. boning pies. But I just mean, like, I just thought it would be real, real interesting. And also, I don't know who Oliver Cromwell is. So I was like, I don't know what country this pertains to. <laughs> it pertains to England. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was really, can you hear the construction outside my window? I thought it was, really like, bad? raining really hard. <laughs> is it horrible that you can't hear me? No. Okay. Just once in a while when it's quiet. Okay. So never stop talking. Okay. I looked it up. It wasn't as excited as I wanted, but it was still like, oh, that's interesting. So first of all, it wasn't pies in general. But some people in England actually still think that this law exists. So wow. some people think that it is illegal to eat a mincemeat pie in England on Christmas Day specifically. Marissa, have you ever had a mincemeat pie? No, and it's not meat. It's like a dried fruit and nuts. And sometimes it had like, sometimes it had little bits of meat, or sometimes it had like animal fat. But it's like closer to like a Christmas pudding in a pie. Yeah, I would like it. I think it used to be more savory back in the day, but mincemeat pie now I think has turned sweeter. But anyway, so the tradition comes from the time when Oliver Cromwell, like I said, in the 16, early 1640s, 1650s, uh, when mincemeat pies were banned by him on Christmas, along with another, a bunch of other Christmas treats. Oliver Cromwell, for those of you who don't know, which was me included, was a political and military leader in England. 
More like a tool. Uh, some, something you wanted to tackle gluttony in England. And most others argued that he thought Christmas contained too many superstitions of the Roman Catholic Church, which he hated. He was a Puritan. The but, Christmas, so Christmas as a whole was banned, in addition to Vince McPaz. And the ban did not go well, causing an outrage known as the Plum Pudding Riots in Kent City in 1658. That sounded too fun, and I thought it was fake, but it was not. There were Plum Pudding Riots. <laughs> I'm sorry, were they just named after Plum Pudding, or was, like, Plum Pudding being thrown, like no, the Boston Tea Party? that was the name of the riots, because, like, oh, Plum right. Pudding is a Christmas treat also. Cromwell ended up having to send 3,000 soldiers to break down the city gates and enforce his Christmas ban. And shove ban. Plum Pudding down their faces. Yeah. <laughs> no, they can't have Plum Pudding. I'm making them. Give me your Plum but... Pudding. So... Obviously, today, everyone's like, no, you can eat mince meat pie on Christmas. Nobody cares. But according to some historians, they say that the ban was never truly abolished. Cromwell eventually came out of power, but no one, like, formally abolished it, apparently. According to some historians, there's some dispute. So, like, a bunch of nerds are scared to eat mince meat pie? Yeah. So for some I'm more, afraid to jaywalk. Are you afraid of jaywalk, Pete? Terrified. <laughs> I was just making fun because I was I know, like, I know. I'm I was so personally if, terrified. If you're being hypocritical. <laughs> so, for a little more background, as I said, uh, Cromwell is part of the Puritan movement, a movement that sought to rid uh, England of any activities deemed as demoral, sinful, corruptible, or in any way non-Christian. They saw Christmas as a Roman Catholic celebration that actually had no relevance to the Bible. The Puritans did not like Christmas. They thought it was a demoral festival immoral what they thought it was an immoral festival that enticed debauchery and excessive drinking they also didn't like easter or the celebration of pentecost and they wanted to make every sunday church services mandatory in the area so in addition to banning uh mincemeat pie on christmas uh the ban also outlawed anything celebrating christmas including plum pudding Christmas church services, and they were actually apparently soldiers roaming the streets, taking away any food by force that they thought had any relation to Christmas. Um, there were several ministers who ignored this and tried to preach on Christmas Day, and they were all taken into custody. Citizens of Canterbury protested these actions, and a lot of people tried to like stand up, who like wanted to close their shops for the holiday. But um, again, like the government, oh, like, you're not allowed. Yeah, and basically riots against the government started. But Parliament soldiers went down to Canterbury, put down the riot, and people were arrested and all that whatnot. So people continued to celebrate Christmas, but it had to be in secret. And Cromwell and everyone in Parliament was greatly despised because of these things. Cromwell was, after he died, he was buried with the king and queen of England. But a few years later... They dug they him up and they filled his casket with pie <laughs> no they didn't but they did dug, dug him up and they executed him as a traitor even though he was already dead i love it when and they do hung that. his dead body on display with a severed head on a spike that's too far king charles who came about after cromwell reinstated christmas formally once he took the throne yay so i don't know would you dare to eat mince pie on christmas no but i would eat blueberry 
I would eat mince pie. <laughs> and then Cromwell would haunt me. Yeah. I don't think Blueberry Cena the Christmas pie, though. He'd be so like, you'd be good. Was there lemon zest in that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love lemon zest. Um, that it sounds story, good, hoping... but it's sinful. Ooh, an orange I'm sorry, zest. I forgot he's British. Any kind of citrus zest. <laughs> I was hoping there was more to that, but sadly that's all it was. I thought it was like, I thought pie was outlawed as a whole, but it was just like Christmas pies on Christmas. I wanted it to be just like crazy. So that was the end of it. So just for fun, I just tracked down a few other weird like food-related laws that aren't really enforced anymore, but I guess were never technically taken off the books. So in Alaska, in the city of Fairbanks, Feeding any alcoholic beverage to a moose is a very serious offense. Actually, I think that one might still be enforced because that sounds scary. Yeah. Uh, so, moose yeah. is big. I think that should be outside of Alaska, too. I don't think anyone should make a big animal drunk or yeah. any animal drunk. But, like, you, um, can give, you can give a moose a beer. It's not like you get drunk over a beer, you know? That is the sequel Just to If You beer. Give a Mouse a Cookie. Um, yeah. If you so give in, a moose a okay. brewski. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, Carmel, California, you were not supposed to eat ice cream while standing on the sidewalk. That was outlawed. Apparently, until Clint Eastwood was mayor in 1987 and repealed the law. One, didn't know Clint Eastwood as ever California's mayor. Two, didn't he have better things to do than repeal an ice cream law? No. And, fine, sure. Marissa. Uh, and, what My year? 87? No, everything was great in the 80s. People were I, making money and doing coke, and the only thing to worry about... Fair enough. Fair was enough. ...was ice cream in public. <laughs> and, Get your uh, ass in the shop or I'm going to arrest you. You either have to be in the shop or in the middle of the street. No sidewalk. Oh, uh, yeah, that would suck. You'd have to take it home. I don't know. Anyway. So the cops come and you run into the street, you get hit by a car, holding your ice cream cone, oh, and it just melts on the crazy. sidewalk. While your head oozes blood, yeah. and then your head, blood, and the cream meet, and then the violins play in the movie. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and my last one, I don't know if this happens or not anymore, but um, apparently in Georgia it's illegal to sell two beers at once for a single price, which sounds weird, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't think I understand that one either. Like, if you yeah. buy five beers, and they're all priced separately... I don't know. Me neither. There were no explanations. There were just rules and that was that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I wanted a more spicy topic, but sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. This is life, guys. You get a little kernel of illegal oh, pie. I'm not ready for the word kernel today. Sorry. Maybe tomorrow. I didn't know. I forgot to check your kernel meter. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, there's a new slime I have with ducks in it. Yeah, I see and it. And this is a slime my friend made me. Okay. Anyway, plug. By the way, guys, there's no way I could have missed this line. Because it's been going the whole episode. I've just chosen not to tell you. Cool. Plugs. I would like to plug for what hopefully won't be the last time. The show, Dr. Game Show. A podcast game show that really made me and Marissa smile. Over the year plus run that I had on Earwolf. For 2018 and 2017. And again, who's listening? Again, I like it, but who's listening to Hollywood Handbook yet? Not listening to Tough yeah. Game Show. 
I am still kicking around the idea of getting Stitcher Premium so that I can listen to the episodes like whenever I want. But then I would be feeding money into the machine that canceled the show. So I'm really morally torn on on what yeah. to do there. If you have any suggestions for what I should do, feel free to call us at five seven zero Podwad one. Yeah, Marissa, what yeah. do you have to plug? Um, right now my favorite slime creator is Snoop Slimes. So SnoopSlimes.com. That's Snoop as in Snoop Dogg. Snoop S N O O P Slimes with an S at the end. Dot com. I also recommend Glitter Slimes. G L I T T E R Slimes with an cool. S. Dot com. With a Z. No, not with a Z. Slimes. Uh, that's it for this episode, isn't it, Marissa? Yep. You got some slime to play with. I do. So we got to go. 